Now is the time to accelerate innovation. T-Mobile for Business is powering Formula One Las Vegas Grand Prix operations and epic fan experiences with secure, reliable 5G connectivity. Because an event this big and this fast deserves a network that can set the pace. See what our 5G advanced network solutions can do for your business at T-Mobile.com slash now. View 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. This is Tracy V. Wilson from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a Corolla built just for you. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Today's episode is brought to you by the American Society of Magical Negroes, a fresh satirical comedy about a secret society of magical black people starring Justice Smith, David Allen Greer, Anne Lee Bogan, and Nicole Byer. As an official selection of Sundance 2024, the American Society of Magical Negroes has been heralded by critics as an uproariously sharp-edged satire and a must-see. Only in theaters this Friday. Visit the American Society of Magical Negroes film.com to get tickets now. Welcome to the NFL Legends Podcast, an NFL podcast for the players, by the players. Here is your host, 14-year NFL veteran and Hall of Famer, Aeneas Williams. Hello, welcome to the NFL Legends Podcast. I'm Aeneas Williams. Today, we're talking about competitors. What kind of competitor you have to be to play in the NFL and how to use that drive to find your purpose when your playing career is over. I have the distinguished pleasure today to have this guy, Roland Williams, one of the guys that I wish I played with. <laughs> played eight years, the Rams and Raiders, and my second guest, Akbar Baja Miller. So glad to have you with us. Raiders in charge is four years. Let's jump right into it. All of this is organic, is genuine. There are legends that'll be listening to this, and I believe at some point, hopefully, college kids and all kind of other young people will be able to listen to experiences. Mm -hmm. I'll start off by saying my dad says to me all the time, he says, son, we who are older is not that we're much smarter than younger people. We've just seen things more often. And wow. now that we I played like the that. game, mm. Think about the current players mm. who can hear some of the things that we're going to share. Because yeah. as you get older, it's not a theory anymore. You got the fruit from either your decisions or we've seen other people make decisions and we're now old enough to see what has a result, mm. what are the results from those decisions. I like that. That is pretty dope. So, so think about I'm it. Taking yeah, that that. <laughs> I'm taking that one home today. I'm taking that one home. So the first part we want to talk about is being a competitor. You know, we know from a child, man, that's one of those games. Football? 
it is the number one check you. Basketball is great. Mm-hmm. You have to have skills. You have to have toughness. I won't knock the guys. I don't want to get a fight with LeBron. <laughs> Baseball, you don't have that combat every day. Football seemed to be the only sport that every down tests your manhood. Mm-hmm. Come on, tell me about this, man. Well, you know, for me, uh, football was um, an opportunity to, uh, as a young man to introduce myself to the world. You earn your name, mm-hmm. you earn your brand by how you play on the football field. And so as I was a young man trying to figure out who I wanted to be in life, the game has always been the place that's given me a, an identity. And so I tried to use that spirit of competition to take me uh, throughout my career and all through my life, being competitive, being aggressive, uh, giving great effort. And through those elements, everything built from there. You know, for me, it was different. I I didn't originally start playing football. I was a basketball player. And my brother, Kabir, who had so much success playing, did so well. And everybody thought, well, naturally, you should play. I don't want to. I'm, you know, I'm going to the NBA. I eventually started playing, wanted to quit because it was so brutal uh, in high school, my senior years when I started playing. And, um, but what I realized once I got into it, especially in college, um, it was a great way to let a lot of frustration out. Um, and probably one of my biggest frustration was something that people tackle now. Back then, we didn't call it bullying, but when you're teased relentlessly for being different. For me, Growing up in a Nigerian household, um, Nigerian name, uh, my parents when we were younger would put us in African clothing and just people constantly doubting you, ridiculing you, and football was a great way for me to prove people wrong. And it was funny because my senior year in high school, my only year I played high school football, um, is when I started to make a lot more friends because I had success on the field. And it was one of those weird, it was was just a weird thing. And so... It kept me wanting to stay competitive. Like in, when people doubted me, every level I kept moving up, there's always this sense of doubt. And that competition, that competitive nature kind of drove me ab- above and beyond. Mm-hmm. How did it help you in the NFL having that competitive nature? It's one thing coming up, but all of a sudden now we're the one percenters. Mm-hmm. You get to the league, everybody's talented. Mm-hmm. Now, how did you take that competition and cause it to help you be successful in the league? For me, I thought about you know, every day I went out there was that I was willing to do whatever it took to to stay on the team, to be an impact player, to make a difference. And I think that when I when I remember back to the playing days, I used to remember there was a certain level where certain guys would give up or stop going hard. There was a certain level they would give in the practice field or in the weight room. And I used to always look for every single opportunity I could to outdo them with the the things that led before the competition. I always thought that the outputs would lead to the outcome. So if I outworked them every day in practice, outworked you every day with how I eat my food, fashioning you. Hold on, repeat that back. You 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 get a, a statement that we need to make sure we hear it again. The output. Yeah, um, everyone knows about the actual outcome. Like you make the team, or you you know you make a lot of money or whatever it is but all of that is based off of the little things that come before it the outputs uh, example if you want to lose some weight which I'm working on doing now on this plant-based diet I probably, um, <laughs> you know I can say I want to lose weight but it really comes down to am I drinking the water I'm supposed to am I really counting these calories and stop being sloppy am I getting enough rest am I doing all the little things the outputs that lead to the outcome. So when I used to compete, I, I, I used to compete at the little things and then it led to the big things. 
Now, have you personally, the other, other question to this, and I'll get you a second, Akbar, is have you taken that competitive nature, even with, a, with your diet, your desire, this plant-based deal, have you used any of your competitive nature, even in that aspect of your life? I think that is, ironically, uh, when we stop playing football, that is the biggest skill set that I think we have to focus on and make sure that we transfer over and apply to the different parts of our lives. Like, I'm coaching high school football now. I have three sons, my oldest in the ninth grade. It's easy for me to go out in the field and to coach and to do things in football world and a competitive me. You know, I show up as that person. I'm already that football person. We know that person very well, the demeanor, the attitude, the approach. But then I realized that off the field, that's where we have to be able to tap into it again. And that's been a, a big journey and process. And I think that it really, um, the more I've gone back and hit reset mm -hmm. by me coaching and being around the game, it's really helped me a lot more because it's the same thing with our diet. Mm -hmm. Well, who are we competing against? That's the catch. Yeah. Learning you, you, to compete you, you, against you, ourselves. Yeah, yeah, competing against yourself. I think everything becomes a challenge. And you're right. Um, you know, everything that I've done from whether it's my, you know, career after football, diet, mm -hmm. you know, trying to manage that, uh, finances, everything becomes a competition. Like, I got to do it. And I, I tend to be extreme. Ask my wife, she'll tell you, I'm pretty extreme. Like, I'll go from not eating, you know, from being like sugar crazy to I watched a documentary called Sugar Coated. And all of a sudden I said, I'm completely cutting out refined sugar. And she's like, oh, how can you do that? That's impossible. Oh, it is? Watch me. You know, wow. And then I started going through this thing because I didn't realize I was consuming four or five hundred grams of sugar a day, like nothing. And you think that's outrageous. Well, it's very easy to do. Mm -hmm. Snicker right. bar here, the, 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 the. before you know it, you're overloading your pancreas. So I was like, you know, boom, I, I'm, I'm changing it. And then I said, I'm going vegan. And I was like, boom, straight up, I'm going vegan, straight cold turkey. I just woke up the next day after watching another documentary, like, that's it, I'm done. She, you can't watch me. But those competitive things takes you into different areas. You know, I'm looking here at uh, Roland, and he's got championship rings from college and a Super Bowl ring here on his finger. Uh, it was one of my dreams to do that. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I was never able to attain a Super Bowl, um, and, you know, I didn't have the NFL career that I wanted. And, you know, post-career, getting into broadcasting, people are like, well, you didn't have the career. That, I don't think broadcasting is probably the right route for you. Really? I said, well, well, how do you figure? Well, look at who's on TV. I said, like, gosh, yeah, you're right. But then that just, that competitive drive gotcha. came yeah. right back in and says, all right, we're going to find a way. Yeah, we're going to find a way. I think Akbar's bringing up a good point, too. As NFL players, we work best when we are provoked, when somebody <laughs> gets us turned up. And mm -hmm. what I found out was when I go off, when I went off to suburban America, raising my sons, you know, focusing sure. on them, right. their challenges, trying to mold them to become. I became like the the, the, the chubby coach right. that's coaching more than he is actually applying those principles. And I think that was the part that, that I was trying uh -huh. to communicate. Akbar, you just did a great job bringing it up. Is It's when I actually started looking at myself and challenging myself instead of focusing on let me love but my you know boys what it, and you be know there. What it, but you know what it is? It's something that you told me as a rookie. So, you know, you're going back to those challenges and being provoked. I was provoked by my circumstances get, going into the Raiders in 2003 as an undrafted free agent. Mm -hmm. And they draft, at that time, first-rounder Tyler Brayton. They draft a third-rounder Sam Williams, a linebacker who they right. converted to defensive end. They already had uh, uh, Trace Armstrong there. So all of these things are already stacked up against me. Here I am, just the guy 
you know, coming in as a free agent, and I run to this guy, Roland Williams, and uh, he sees me working hard in practice, pulls me off to the side, and with the smile that he always does, he goes, to be good is not good enough if you dream of being great. And I go, wow, say that again? To be good is not good enough if you dream of being great. And I stuck, I held that to my heart. I wrote it on my heart. I said, I'm never going to forget that. Because every time you think it's just okay to be good, right. then it's not good. It's, you got to be great. And so it's like, okay, am I doing good or am I being great? And so everything I approach that way, and I think that's the type of mentality that I think embodies competitiveness. To be good, just think about that. To be good is not good enough if you dream of being great. Most people give you a pat on the back for being right. good. Right. But if you have that dream of being great, then your competitive juice is constantly flowing. What made you, Roland, what made you share that with him when y'all were playing? Um, well, my father told that to me when I was a young man. Uh, it sort of helped me go to that next level throughout my career. You know, I, I wasn't that good a football player, but I tried to make it into an identity. Right. Um, but it's so funny that you say that now. Look at, look at how the world, the tides have turned. Yeah. L years later, mm -hmm. you're giving me now, hearing my words back to me saying, do I have that dream of being great as a man in every department? Mm. In particular, physically, uh, we stopped playing from playing in the league, but I think about, I've seen some of those 50, 60 year old men that I like, good gracious almighty, you look amazing. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Right, right, right. And, I, and I'm like, I'm starting to feel like, no, I, I would like that. No, right. I would like to be like that. And but so you know, you know, Evan, that the natural transition is that there's a sense of entitlement that we get as athletes. like. I've been we, we working did that out already. My whole that's exactly life. right. That's 20, how I got. 30 years. I've been doing that's this for a long time. Yeah. It was like, I, I'm I, good. I, I yeah. deserve a break. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That is a sense of time. That, I deserve a break. To be, you know, and that's one I'm reason. I'm good. I literally say, I'm good. good. Yeah. But that's one of the reasons we do the podcast yeah. because when you get in that automatic mode, you think about we've done a number of these. A consistent thing that I hear is Amani Tuma mentioned just what you just Ooh. said, Akbar. You said, man, I just wanted, I've been working out so long, I just wanted a break. Yeah. Right? And so all of a sudden, that break can end up a ten-year break. Long time, right? Because <laughs> it's hard to get out of. Yeah. Like, I'm telling you, it, to get out of that apathetic mindset that just just being lethargic. It is so hard. I've been there before, and then when you work out and you tell yourself, I'm never going back there because it's a place where you just it just grows and it grows like a wildfire. I mean, it just keeps getting bigger. I mean, before you know it, you don't feel like doing anything. Now, yeah. now here's the question I would ask: yeah. We're competitive, mm -hmm. right? But we are family. Yeah. You got boys. Yeah. I got girls. I got a son. Mm -hmm. Any children? Yeah, I've got four kids. Two so boys, have, two girls. So you yeah. got four, right? Mm -hmm. Now, how do we balance that out? I, I tell because you, I, 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 shoot. Because I, I, okay. <laughs> I've been in the thick of this thing no, now. That's what I'm saying. Because what I hear you, right. because yeah. you, you saw the sugar deal. Yep. You and your wife, you're like, right. I'm done. Then your right. wife, like, you can't do that. Right. Right. Well, you can't go that in the house. You, you can't, like, right. honey, you got to get off sugar too. For y'all, y'all, in other words, so yeah. how do you balance that out? Well, yeah. the balance out, I just stay in my I just stay in the zone. My wife knows that I'm around it. The kids are eating certain things. I want to be able to implement it, but I know it's going to take time to gotcha. implement it. Uh, same thing with working out. I mean, there was a time, you know, being married, like I would literally have to throw my gym bag off the balcony because my wife was like, well, you could be doing this. Every time I would want to go work out, well, well, you could be here with the kids, and then, but you just got back from work. And it was just all these things. I was like, oh, my goodness. Like, there's never going to be a time for me to work out. So I said, you know what? The only way I'm going to beat this is I got to wake up earlier. This exactly. morning, I woke up at 4.15 a.m. I set my alarm. 4.15 a.m. You can't complain. You can't say the kids are in because right. I'm already doing it before. Everybody's waiting. You don't get up till way later, and I'll be back from the gym 
before then. So it's just like, so I set that up now. It's hard as heck to wake up at 4.15. Right. That means I gotta go to bed a lot earlier. And that's hard too, because sometimes I'm going to bed at 11, 12 o'clock and it's, it's difficult. Here's another question coming to my mind, Roland. Can you turn it off in other sports? Like if you just go out and play basketball, Oh, oh, just that brings, that, makes, that makes it worse. That's, no, no. It inflames it. See, now you got me tripping. Hey, you got, okay, hold on. He got to get me turned up now. Wait a minute. Yeah. So, so I compete with my, with my sons and everything. Mm -hmm. I try to give them Sunday, you know, we go ahead, give them some quality time in the evening. They can go ahead and do what they want. And they want to play Madden. They want to play Madden football. Now, I'm trying to learn Madden. I've never played before. So my kids set me on the rookie level. And they commenced to rocking me. And I'm like, wait a minute, I know these coverages. I know what they're trying to do. Right. Why can't I win? Yeah. I learned that you got to go up to All Madden yeah. because All Madden allows you the level, allows you to <laughs> now, it's based off some knowledge of the game. So right. I'm undefeated since we went All Madden. <laughs> so, 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 so they get all sensitive and everything. But I'm like, man, that competitive spirit yeah. is still alive and well. Yeah. So I learned that my solution, by the way, because we're talking about this, this is like really a, this past week or so has been a very big transition in my life of identifying I would like to have greatness. I'm going to compete in one of those um, physical them fitness competitions yeah. before the age of 50. Y'all hear oh, me wow. now? I'm yeah. 42. Mm -hmm. Big we got it recorded. Knees is just recorded. Right. The knees is banged up and yeah. all of that. We got all them excuses. Okay, no, 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 not excuses. Mm -hmm. By the age of 50, I'm going to compete in one of those competitions. They have a new one um, called the Classic size. Okay. That's like Arnold Schwarzenegger with oh, it. Wow. Big, you know, cause cause y'all y'all don't y'all we on a podcast, but Big Row weighing two ninety five right now. But Are I you two ninety five? You don't look two ninety five. Thank you so much yeah. for that. That's yeah. my man. I love you. <laughs> but really I should be like two sixty not I should be two sixty five right, right. right now. Okay? So I gotta confront that. I gotta I gotta be real sure. with that. So so now I've made it a competition with my sons mm -hmm. to say I'm gonna try to get to this place before y'all get to this place. So now we're competing, doing in-house workouts, mm -hmm. doing push-up competitions. That's great. Making it a part of the culture to sort of help me teach them. Because, see, I'm more motivated to do it with them Got it. than I would be right. just you gotta, you gotta set the selfishly yeah, on yeah, my own. Yeah, you Absolutely. Set the yeah. Absolutely. Know, something that comes to my mind when it comes on a competition, uh, we can also, if you notice, we can get out of balance. You know, if you think about it as athletes, I mean, we can go all one way. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Is the intentional element to set balanced goals? Because goals are eventually what we write down, what we want to accomplish. Mm -hmm. it, it really will drive you mm -hmm. if you're serious about writing yeah. them down. So one of the things I found that's helped me balance this thing out is having balanced goals. In other words, not just goals, even when I was playing, not just goals on the field, but goals, okay, as a husband, goals mm -hmm. as a father. Mm -hmm. Because it's your goals that will direct your energy mm. and will keep you energized because it's purposeful. Because without it, it's easy to get out of balance. That's right. Yeah. Like you mentioned, let's just do, let's just do it. Wait, like you mentioned yeah. 298. I love to hear people say, man, you look like you can still play. All right. So you I do. like to hear you it, do. right? <laughs> so that's just one of the things you just enjoy hearing. Yeah. But that's not my motivation, right? My motivation is make being physically fit a lifestyle, mm -hmm. right? So part of it also is identifying our motives. Yeah. You gotta be, because no. when you're competitive, sometimes our motives, because impure motives sometimes mm -hmm. don't bring the rewards. Right. That, right. in other words, it makes a lot of sense. And, and I think 
the hardest person to get to know is yourself. Correct. Um, because God has given this thing, this thing called denial. So we can deny all of the ugly parts about ourselves or the areas where we're weak. And uh, you're right. You start essentially chasing. Oh, maybe I should be doing this, and I should have a goal for this. And you're you're out of balance, and you start searching, and you're you're reaching all over the place. Um, but you know, one thing that could help, like, and I'm doing this. You mentioned about mm -hmm. doing a joke. Like, I've been hosting now American Ninja Warrior for six years now, and um, I said, man. Why don't I try this? You know, I'm still in shape. I'm 38 years old. Why don't I try this? Mm -hmm. So I'm going to try it. So since um, since last month, I've been training, trying to become a ninja. I'm not the typical size or height of a ninja, mm -hmm. uh, of, of a typical ninja, but it's something that I'm looking forward to. And what I've noticed since I've set my mind, I picked up the phone, called the executive producer and said, I want to do this. They said, yeah, NBC said, yeah, good, we're, we're going to do this. Um, and I'm like, oh, shoot, I, I really, now I have to do this. And now I'm training every day, and it's putting me, man, I, was, I, I haven't worked towards something in a very wow. long time. When Absolutely. we did all this stuff, we were doing it for that end result. Mm -hmm. Like, we knew, mm -hmm. hey, I'm, I got to get ready for the season or whatever it was. Um, but that's a great way to kind of trigger that. If you've lost that feeling to be able to identify your purpose, maybe targeting something small so you can get refocused and recalibrated right. again. I was going to say that one of the pitfalls, I think what's had me stuck for a while, was I was comparing myself mm. when I left the football field to individuals from my community, mm -hmm. from my family, from the past. Mm -hmm. Meaning, if I compare myself to my father, who is a diabetic with one leg, who, you know, sort of hood, rough around the edges, you know, if I compare myself to my uncles and them, you know, people that drunk, going through different mm -hmm. situations, locked up, if I compare myself to them, I will always have the feeling that I'm doing great. Mm -hmm. But that's only great by comparison right. to extremely challenged. Mm -hmm. So that's one of the big pitfalls is to not break your hand patting yourself on the back with how far you've come, right. which is a true thing. You, you have come far from your friends from high school. Or yeah, you have come far from like your friends in college mm -hmm. who didn't get a chance to. However, now it's important that like you said, we have to go back to establishing new goals that push ourselves higher to another level. And, and I think the second part of that is identifying your purpose. What is your purpose? A lot of us walk around without knowing our purpose and it is hard because it takes a lot of homework, it takes a lot of evaluation mm -hmm. um, on who you are, what you are. I've went through that exercise. You know, I have to ask myself, okay, what, is, what are the things that I, I, that I, who do I represent or what do I represent? And I had to write that down. Then I asked the people who are close to me, who am I, like, like don't think about hurting my right. feelings or whatever. Right. And I started to get that feedback and then I start lining it up and I started running, like, wow, no, that's inconsistent with what I wrote. And that's a, like, oh, these four, five people, I just did right. the five people who were really, really close to me uh, and they could tell me the way it is. And that kind of started to help me with the conversation, having the self-conversation. There's a lot of other building work to, that, that goes towards that. Mm -hmm. But once you are able to identify your purpose, I mean, you, it's hard to get off track once you've identified right. your purpose. And we know mm -hmm. that because we played the game. When we had a purpose, um, I mean, mm -hmm. it was hard. I mean, somebody said, let's do this. They're like, no, I got a game tomorrow. No, right. I, I can't. I can't. It directs your entire lifestyle. Yeah, at and, home, everything. And that's what changed my life when I gave my life to Christ my junior Amen. year of college. Mm -hmm. I, didn't, I didn't start playing in my junior year. I walked on a week before the season started. I was just following my brother prior to that. I have a degree in accounting, don't even like numbers. My brother's a CPA today. He's a numbers guy. And he, because we were going to school year-round, he graduated with his accounting degree in three, three and a half, and I was on pace to graduate in three years. He started working for one of the big accounting firms. He called me back. He said, little brother, slow down. 
you'll be working the rest of your life. That's when I start trying to figure out who in the world Zania's. And it's not as hard, Akbar, mm -hmm. to figure out your purpose, because it speaks to you all the time. Mm -hmm. It is the boldness and the strength it takes to be okay with who you are. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Strong. Does that That's make sense? Strong. Absolutely. Strong. Because once once you do it, absolutely, it's it's a done deal. Yeah. And all of a sudden, you mentioned. I think you mentioned sweet spot. Mm -hmm. If a golfer hits a ball in a sweet spot of a club, it goes further. Requires less less effort. If a batter hits a ball in a sweet spot of the bat, goes further. Requires less effort. A lot of times, we've identified ourselves as as, as a purpose as a football player. Mm -hmm. That was never our purpose, mm. right? That was what we did. And so through, even through this podcast, if we can just get guys to start thinking about, Warren Buffett said, I started trading stocks when I was 11 years old, right? So is it any wonder this guy probably has the highest uh, costing stock in probably the history of the world? Mm -hmm. But he said, because they were asking him questions, they said, Mr. Buffett, they said, some, uh, some kids that went to Ivy League schools, they were asking him and Bill Gates, say, where do you see industry going over the next 10 years? What should we be majoring in? And he got real quiet. Now, this is a guy in his 80s. And he says, I don't know how to answer that question. Mm. He said, I'd much rather you find your passion. Yeah. Mm. Your passion. When you find your passion, like, I can't yeah. wait to get up in the morning. All right. And you just can't wait to get up. And we, my wife and I pastor a church mm -hmm. in Ferguson. We love it. Because that's, that's what we're part of things we're called to do. People say, I always get the question living in St. Louis. Yeah. Hey, you live mm -hmm. there. Man, you can, you can be in Phoenix. You could be in uh, yeah. New Orleans, yeah. in the Rams, the moon of California. Why are you here? <laughs> well, when, whenever you're in the place where you're supposed to be, it's not the geographical area that mm. makes it comfortable. It's the place where you're supposed to be that becomes yeah. your sweet spot. So all of a sudden, even though it's cold, I don't feel the same cold. Yeah. Does that make any no, sense? No, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah, makes and that's what, so as we yeah. close down this part of the, the podcast, when we talk, to, talk about competition, I would say I would like to challenge our legends to have a competition with discovering yourself. Mm. That's a huge mm. competition. How about that one? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, that, it's that, work. that alone. Yeah. Mm. And, and, and I know you say it's work. I don't know if it's as much work because it's in two. Well, I, 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 yeah. I, I, okay, I know ahead. what you're yeah. saying. Yeah. And I know the work you yeah. took and do it. And I know there's some programs and some things that help people do it. What I'm sharing with you is. If a person just begins to pay attention to what's in here, right. Mm. That's right. You follow me? Yeah, it's, yeah. It, I totally if, agree. If with we it. can just get them to listen, pay attention, yeah, listen. If yeah, you just, listen. It just reverberates. It, 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 it can all be hard. The time. It, yeah. it can be hard. And, and, and for the folks listening, uh, and because I I struggle with this, I didn't realize when someone's like it's hard work. The hard work is because the outside noise. Sure. Our dreams have now become our screens, the stuff that's in front of us, the, 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 the alerts, the phones, the email, the text messages, and, you know, the busy life. And just before you know it, you just never can have the time to sit down and work on yourself and be able to cut that time. When I was going through that process, I literally, like, almost like I was in a meeting. I said, hey, I'm blocking out. Like, I can't do it. No, I'm sorry. I got a meeting from 12 to 2. Just to be able to spend that time with myself. Otherwise, other people start getting it. It's that one text message that comes, oh, I got to follow up with this. I got to, before you know, you're, you're the cat race all the way until you go to sleep and you recycle and do the same thing over and over again. So it's that part. Like, and then once you're able to block that time out, you're right. It does start to flow and come to you. Like doing this podcast, this part of my sweet spot. Like yeah. I can cry because when you mm -hmm. talk about competition, and through the National Football League, I overcame fear. Mm -hmm. 
you, I literally overcame fear. And a lot of this stuff is fear with guys. Yeah. Fear, but fear doesn't identify That's itself right. as clear. That's right. But a lot of times it's fear to become yourself. It's fear to become who you are because all of a sudden, whatever the expectation other people had, mm -hmm. you're no longer trying to fulfill it. Jeez. Oof. You follow me? That's, that's, that's a good one. Because fear doesn't always identify itself as such. Right. right. You just that's see right. reactions to it as symptoms that it's there. Because we don't always identify well with that. But once mm -hmm. I overcame fear, it became a game changer. Because you dare to become yourself. And here's the final thing I say. Two things come to my mind. Confirmation bias. Confirmation bias means once I get locked into something, I will find confirmations to do it. That's it's right, just, a, right. just a natural thing. But here's the thing I want to close with. And this is the key for all of us. There's a proverb, and that proverb says, he who walks with the wise shall be wise. A companion of fools will come to destruction. What we have to do is change the people we're around to now where we're going. That's the key. Yeah. Because mm. think about what it says. It said he walks with the wise. In other words, it didn't even say you're going to have to do something. Mm -hmm. Like long before I ever thought I could become a cornerback in the league, I didn't believe it, even in college. I was around the guys. I was just in that environment. Archie dropped Peyton off at Tulane when he was a, a senior in high school to be out with the college guys and the pro guys that were from New Orleans. Why? He walks with the wise. So do our best to get around people that are in those areas that make us uncomfortable, mm. that are conscious about their weight, that are conscious about us raising our children, mm. and, and begin to form those circles. Because it said, if you just get around them, it didn't even say you got to do anything intentional. Because neurology, they, they figured it out. The people you're around, your brain waves lock together with them. It's a fascinating deal. Mm -hmm. Amen. Man, it's been great, man. Yeah. Thank you for walk. having us. This hey, is great. Hey, yeah. Hey, man. I get to sit in front Roll of a legend. Yeah. What? Man. No. We're mirrors. We're <laughs> yeah. all legends. Yeah. Because to play this game, man, mm -hmm. that's why I came up with the legends at the league office. Yeah. I remember the Hall of Fame before I got in when they said, well, you call all the former players legends, what are we? They didn't understand. Man, to get to the 1%, even if you play one year, even if you got in a training camp, and we want to remind legends, that's who you are. You're capable of doing great things, whether you play 4, 8, 14. Mm -hmm. It didn't matter at this level. To be there however long we work, don't tell me we can't do it. Because sports was the first reality television. Amen. It was the first. Yeah. Don't tell me we can't do it. So, man, it's an honor. Thank you, Roland, for taking the time. I know you're traveling. Thank you. Thank you, Thank you man. Appreciate it. Thank great, you. Man. Yeah. man, this was therapeutic. Thank you. Yeah. For all of us. I'm That's why to, we do it, man. I'm yeah. about to listen to these podcasts. Yeah. <laughs> man. Roland. Like, yeah. yeah, man. Absolutely. Wow. The best is yet to come. This has been the NFL Legends Podcast. To provide feedback or request a topic for discussion, email us at nfllegends at nfl.com. Today's episode is brought to you by the American Society of Magical Negroes, a fresh satirical comedy about a secret society of magical black people starring Justice Smith, David Allen Greer, Ann Lee Bogan, and Nicole Byer. As an official selection of Sundance 2024, the American Society of Magical Negroes has been heralded by critics as an uproariously sharp-edged satire and a must-see. Only in theaters this Friday. Visit the American Society of Magical Negroes to get tickets now.
This is Holly Fry from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander. With seating for up to eight passengers and available panoramic moonroof, you can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with the whole family. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Hey there, it's Ryan Seacrest for Safeway. Head in store and shop for all your favorite personal care essentials to earn four times rewards points. Shop for products from Olay, Always, Gillette, Vicks, and Crest. Plus check out new items like Mr. Clean Magic Eraser Ultra Thick Multi-Surface Cleaner. No more sponges or other cleaning products needed. And Head & Shoulders Bare Soothing Hydration Shampoo, a new kind of anti-dandruff shampoo with only nine ingredients. Offer expires March 26. Restrictions apply. Promotions may vary. Visit Safeway.com for more details. What's out there is unknown. So at UC San Diego, out we go. Because to take on the challenges of the here and now, you got to get your feet wet, your eyes open, and your mind out there. Way out there. Turning the unknown into cures, culture, and connections with each step forward. So pack a bag, a notebook, and some sandals and get ready to look far and think further. UC San Diego. Learn more at ucsd.edu.